Welcome to Zila Food. Zila is the German word for soul, so soul food, but Zila food. This podcast is in conjunction with Zila Magazine, an online magazine bridging faith, cultures, and culture. I'm Ali Porti, an American Southern girl who travels and loves talking to people. I'm bringing you conversations from global movers and shakers from somewhere in the world. From these conversations, hopefully you'll be inspired to move and shake too. Thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you get fed. So let's begin. So while in quarantine, I had a really unique interview with singer-songwriter Lauren Jenkins. And it was a pretty special interview for me, at least, because one, she was kind of raised in South Carolina, where I'm from. Two, she's a country music singer, which I love country music. And number three, she is a trained movie filmmaker and I love movies. I watch a movie a day. I listen to country music almost every day and South Carolina is in me wherever I go. So this was a really kind of cool interview to do. Um, Lauren has been touring since she was 15 years old and she's an accomplished actress and filmmaker and singer. And she wrote and produced and starred in an original short film titled Running Out of Road that accompanied the release of her critically acclaimed debut album No Saint on Big Machine Records. She's Texas born, but Carolina raised. Okay, part of that's in North Carolina. All right, we'll have to give it to the North Carolinians, but she did spend some of her growing up years in Charleston, South Carolina, the most beautiful city in the world. And she chose a life that would fit perfectly in the songs that she writes, which is across countless smoky bars, fake IDs, endless smiles on the road. Music has been one of her constant companions. She was named an artist to watch by the New York Times, Billboard, Rolling Stone, Pandora, and many more. And she's also chosen, or was also chosen, as a member of the class of 2019 by influential radio DJ Bobby Bones and made her today's show debut as Elvis Duran's Artist of the Month. And this month, she released Ain't That Hard, her first song as a fully independent artist. Um, Lauren has an amazing voice. I've heard her perform acoustically and she is somebody that you should run to YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music and download her music. Someone that you should get acquainted with and I think that we'll be seeing much more of Lauren across um, music culture and who knows maybe she'll have a film that comes out sometime in her lifetime that hits the big screen or Netflix or something like that. But enjoy this interview. We talk movies, we talk music, we talk South Carolina. We even talk, is she Carolina or Clemson? You'll only get that if you're from South Carolina. Um, And we just have a, a wonderful chat. And yeah, do go listen to some of her music. So if you're driving, turn up the radio. Or if you're at home, listen on your phone or computer sit sit down enjoy and yeah so um before we can get started i know that you're you were raised in south carolina 
and uh, Carolina or Clemson, because that's going to determine if I can continue to talk to you or not. <laughs> so caveat, I, I'm from Texas. Yeah. Um, we moved to North Carolina when I was like 10, 11. Oh, North and, Carolina. I thought it was. Well, but then I also lived in South Carolina. Okay. So it's, I've been all over the place. Um, and, uh, I don't really have a dog in the fight in Carolina versus Clemson, but some of my dear friends are Carolina fans. So, but I'm from Texas, so we can just go with that. Okay. So are you a, what's that rival in Texas, Aggies or? Longhorns. Yeah. Yeah, here's the other. I, I guess Longhorns, but overall, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, um, big Dallas fan. I didn't go to an ordinary college, so I don't have the same like OU versus Texas. I don't have the same uh, fight. But why are you a Clemson fan? I'm a diehard Clemson fan, and okay. I don't follow pro football. But the only the only team I follow is the Carolina, or not Carolina, but the, the Tigers. Clemson Tigers. And yeah, um, every well, time I hear that somebody lived in South Carolina or knows about it well, I always ask this question as a joke. Well, you guys um, beat Carolina pretty often, so yeah. congratulations on picking a winning team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carolina used to be good, so I, they just keep going downhill, so I, I'd lost hope. Them. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. part of South Carolina did you live in? I lived in Charleston for oh, a while. So I lived in Charlotte, place. North Carolina, and then I lived in Charleston for a while. Um, and I still have family all over the Carolinas and in Texas, and it's all pretty spread out. It's beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Like, yeah. I I loved living in Charleston. Um, I'm definitely an ocean baby, so I I miss surfing um, and going to the beach a lot because um, here in Nashville, I'm landlocked. So there are some days during quarantine where I was like, man, if I was still in Charleston, I could go surfing right now. But, um, but Nashville has become home, and so I'm grateful for Nashville, too. I can imagine. Um, I'm from Columbia, but, and I've been to Nashville once and it's a pretty amazing city. Um, being in the South, what would you say makes like, okay, you've lived, you're living in Nashville, you've lived in North Carolina, South Carolina and Texas. What makes each state unique, um, in the South, would you say? Um, well, I've, you know, it's, it is interesting. Uh, I have an affinity for the West. Um, so I, you know, I love Texas, um, just cause it, the farther out West you go, you definitely know it. Um, but the Carolinas, I mean, really are beautiful. I love the fact that you have the mountains and you have the oceans. Um, but it's kind of interesting because, uh, Charleston, like Nashville, they both feel sort of like small towns, mm-hmm. even though uh, Nashville is really sprawling and it's grown so much. Um, they definitely have a small town feel, but, um, you know, I lived in New York for a while and I guess maybe I'm just figuring out that 
cities aren't that different, even if they look different. Because in New York, to me, that also felt like a small town. Like the guys at the fruit stand on the corner where my apartment was, they knew me by name. And mm-hmm. and I, every time I go back, they still know me by name. And that's sort of that feeling that you get in a town like Charleston or Nashville. Um, so, I mean, each place has its own unique things. Obviously, Nashville being Music City, I think that's completely unique yeah. to uh, any other place that I've been. Um, but there's a lot of similarities between them. Yeah, I, I I can totally relate to that, having lived in places all over the world. Okay, so jumping into music, I saw you perform at Shepherd's Bush, and that was awesome. And then it was nice hearing you play acoustic, getting to actually like hear your voice. Um, getting a footing into music is really hard, into almost in any industry is hard. What keeps you being tenacious Like, I'm sure maybe you experienced rejection and then you're trying to keep staying in music because you love it. Like, what keeps you going as you're building your music career? I think for me, I decided really young that this is what I wanted to do and what I wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's and it's always been that Um, I've always wanted to pursue storytelling in music and in film um, and performing. So there's no, for me, there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the thing that keeps me going when I do hit roadblocks or when I do get rejected or get, lose a record deal. Um, there just isn't a plan B. So you figure out a way to keep going and you figure out, okay, what do I need to do in order to keep the train rolling? Um, so when you've decided that, then it's sort of like there's no other option. And um, that also can be really exciting because I've seen, okay, well, I'm going to figure out a way. Yeah, <laughs> I'll find a way to get it done. Yeah, you just, you just keep doing it because there's no plan B. That's awesome inspiration. Like, yeah, that's just a great way to think about anything in life that you really want. Like, there's no plan B. It has to work. Um, yeah, and I think I think you'll know that it's the right thing if you don't want to make a plan B. Yeah. If there isn't a fallback plan, it's if you that's not in, you don't want to have that option on the table, then you know that you're on the right path. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Can you describe your music journey just a little bit, like from you know like living on all the places you lived in, and then deciding to go into film and music? Yeah. I um, I decided pretty young that this is what I wanted to do, um, but I didn't really have anybody to tell me about it or to tell me this is what you should do. So from the time that I was 15, it was sort of me just figuring it out on the road and playing wherever I could um, and making music videos because I wanted to and figuring out you know, okay, well, how do I make a music video? How do I edit? Um, So it's been a lot of exploring. And then when I was in New York, um, I was going to acting school and uh, playing in clubs in New York and coming to Nashville to write and record. And that's when I got uh, my first record deal. Um, 
So then moved to Nashville and all of a sudden I found myself in, in the music business. Um, so that was a lot of learning because I had no idea about the music business at all. And I sort of learned by trial and error. Um, and then put out first record uh, last March. And now here we are. It is, what month is it? May, May, May 14th. Oh my God. May and uh, just a couple of weeks ago, put out my first independent release. So that's a whole new world for me to get to discover and figure out as well. Yeah, step by step. It sounds like it's all coming together. Yeah. How would you describe your sound, your music sound? Um, that's always an interesting question. Uh, to me, it's it sort of doesn't fit in one genre mm -hmm. um it is sort of singer songwriter it's sort of country it's sort of americana at times it's southern rock um to me i kind of put it under storyteller uh which is not an actual genre <laughs> <laughs> but um i just i love i love telling stories and i love hearing stories um and I also, when it comes to instrumentation, I really love real instruments. So there aren't like tracks in my songs, um, like the strings that you hear on the new song that I released, that's a real cello and that's a real violin. To me, there's just uh, the pureness of having a real instrument is something that I've always really loved and gravitated towards. I see. And did you grow up in an arts home? Like, no, no. not at all. Okay. <laughs> no, my, my dad loves music and he would blast records and take me to concerts, but um, nobody in my family comes from like a art background. Wow. And that just comes from your own love, your own realization of what you wanted to do. I'm just a geek about it. I love I love storytelling. I yeah. love hearing stories and I geek out over film photography and mm. a great music video or a great movie score. Um, to me, art is just really a beautiful thing, even when it's sad or painful. So I've always loved it. What are some music songs that you're listening to now in quarantine that you can't stop listening to that's not country or Americana? Or folk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I recently have been playing over here, uh, this old Benny Goodman album. Ah. And mm. uh he is amazing. If anybody yeah. listening to this wants a great jazz record and wants to dance around, put on some Benny Goodman. Yeah. It'll do your soul really good. Um so I've been listening to him. Um on the flip side, I've been listening to Led Zeppelin, um, been listening to Bruce Springsteen's Ooh. Western Stars record, um, been running to Billie Eilish. I don't know. I listen to a lot of different music. Yeah. And it's just, is it inspiring you now or do you have some song ideas coming out of quarantine? Um, I've, I've been working on this second record, so I haven't been writing a ton. I've done some writes via Zoom, but mostly I've been dreaming up this second record and the music videos that I want to make for it and the artwork and the design and all that kind of stuff. 
Gotcha. Okay. And then because you are a filmmaker as well, what have you been Netflixing or Amazon Prime watching or any good movies? I, I re-watched um, the HBO series Sharp Objects okay. with Amy Adams. It's a really fantastic series and the music in it is great. Um, movies, I saw uh, Jojo Rabbit the other night with Scarlett Johansson. And that's a really great film too. It made me cry. Um, I also watched uh, 1917, which from a mm. filmmaking standpoint, I geeked out over how it felt like one continuous shot the entire time. It was very, very stressful and also really thrilling to watch. I haven't seen that one yet and it is on my list. So I watch a movie a day and uh, nice. it's on my list. I'm in love with movies. Yeah. Yes. Well, what are, give me a couple of your recommendations. Um, I've been, I just finished the morning show, which is on Apple TV. Um, it's like watching good morning America, but like behind the scenes of yeah. uh, what it's like to be in a, a network news company. Um, I watched Jake Gyllenhaal's Enemy, uh, which okay. left me like, what happened? <laughs> if I ever see him, I'm going to be like, you have to tell me. Explain this. Yeah, explain this movie. Um, and then Netflix has um, this 10 episode series about the Chicago Bulls. And I'm not a sports person at all, but it goes back to like the 80s when Michael Jordan was coming on the scene. And it's mm -hmm. actually pretty intriguing. And then yeah. Michelle Obama's Becoming. I really enjoyed that documentary. I need to watch that, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And yeah, that, that's what comes to mind. Um, yeah, and then The Chosen also. It's a multi-series um, episodes on the life of Jesus. So I've really been enjoying that. So okay, great recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how would you compare your U.S. audience to your European audience? And I ask... Because I remember that night, Brett Eldridge saying, I really love you guys because y'all show up. Um, yeah. And I'm sure the Americans show up for concerts, but I, I get this feeling there's a difference between U.S. and American country music uh, mm -hmm. audiences. Um, for for yeah. me, there has been. Um, we'll see how pandemic changes things. Uh, but over in Europe and the U.K., um, it seems to me that fans are a bit more respectful, especially to opening artists. Mm -hmm. um, everyone shows up early and they're attentive and they just sort of offer up this respect that isn't necessarily always given in the U.S. unless you have a big hit song on radio. Most of the time people don't seem to care for the opener, mm -hmm. you know, they'll tailgate or show up late because um, they're there for the main act. And I, I get that, but I was very surprised when touring over in Europe and the UK, having never done it before. And I was just sort of immediately, automatically shown this level of respect. Um, and even now virtually live streaming people in Europe and the UK, they're staying up until four o'clock in the morning to watch a show which is just mind-blowing because I, I don't think that my U.S. fans are necessarily going to say, okay, I'm going to make it a point to show support and stay up 
and watch this at 4 a.m. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the pandemic will change things, um, but I've always had so much uh, appreciation um, for the added level of respect that I received from Europe and the UK. It's probably be, probably because the Americans are so used to country music and it's kind of an American thing, whereas the Europeans don't get so much a- access to the artists. So, yeah, they yeah, show up. I mean, ho- hopefully, I know for me, I, after all of this and during all of this, I realized that I'm not going to take for granted the ability to play a show in person for Mm -hmm. people um, and to have that connection. So hopefully from an audience standpoint, people won't take for granted um, live music anymore uh, since we haven't been able to have it. And hopefully Mm -hmm. in the US, you know, maybe next time I tour, people will show up for the opener or they won't talk during, you know, an acoustic set at a theater um, or just realize, you know, that this isn't something to take for granted. Cause I think that might be part of why I love touring in the UK and Europe, because I feel like it, it's not taken for granted, mm-hmm. um, which makes it the show so much better on so many levels when everybody's kind of in it together. Yeah, that's true. Um, can you talk a little bit about your creative process? Like what, How's a song birthed? How's an album birthed? In all kinds of ways. <laughs> um, I think every song for me is different. There's not one, uh, not one path to a song. Sometimes a song is sparked, uh, and then years later, I come back to it and finish writing it because mm. through life and time. I've sort of processed what I've need to process and it's the right time to write the song. Um, Sometimes I will just pick up the guitar and play and a melody comes to mind and then the lyrics happen later. But usually usually I always start with an idea or a thought or a line of something that I wanna say. Mm -hmm. Um, So it usually starts with a lyric idea and then music happens around it but sometimes it's the opposite um and then with an album it's also phases for me i i think about the imaging and the packaging and sort of the story that i want to continue to tell through different mediums whether it be the photography and the artwork or whether it be the music videos um and with the music video project for no saint the music happened first and i recorded the music and then i started getting images in my head for the music videos um did you did you film those or were you behind the the filming of those music videos yes yeah i got to uh write the short film and write the music videos um the script and i got to cast and i got to um help on all levels of production uh with one of my friends or a few of my friends and so i got to be really hands-on which was awesome um and we also had a very low budget so it was like okay well costuming is 
Goodwill thrift stores and whatever's in my closet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I was really fun to get to make it. Um, and it's something that I want to continue to do with this next album and uh, have already started on a music video for Ain't That Hard. Wow, so, that's awesome. Lots of editing hours are in my future. And you do it yourself. You do the editing mm -hmm. yourself. Wow. Well, that's great yeah. because, I mean, not only do you save money, but you've got that skill and that's an amazing skill to have. It's, it's, it's very helpful. Um, I, I feel like having all of my passions be in creating and sort of figuring out how, how to do it is really helpful for me, especially, you know, when you don't, have a bunch of money to do things it's that then that doesn't get in the way because it's like okay if i want to make this music video i can do it on my own without a budget without a crew um and that allows me some freedom especially right now yeah what what music artist inspires you and what movie director inspires you there's a lot that's a long yeah. list one of um, each <laughs> um I would say Beyonce was a huge inspiration for No Saint and she inspires me on so many levels as mm -hmm. a businesswoman as a music creator as a boundary breaker mm -hmm. um her lemonade film I get chills thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah her lemonade film uh is something that I aspire to do. I love that she made a visual album and mm -hmm. interwove scenes and voiceover and poetry. Um, that to me is, it, she's one of the ultimate. Um, so that on sort of a modern level. Mm -hmm. uh, film directors, I really love the Coen brothers. Mm -hmm. I love their films. Um, I they really have a style uh, about them and the way that they direct. Um, that would be like a dream collaboration. Basically like anything, if the Coen brothers ever came to me and said, hey, do you want to be, I would, yes, yes. Yeah. Whatever it is, I know that it's going to be great. Um, yeah, we could yeah. talk about it for hours. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, they're very gifted as film directors and Beyonce too. Um, two last questions. Uh, I recently wrote an article for GQ Middle East on how country music is breaking into the Arab world because I've been living in Beirut, Lebanon, serving Syrian refugees. And when I play country music for a person from the Middle East, they love it. And um, there's the Syrian refugee that I interviewed and he was introduced to the genre to country music and he, he got um, settlement in Seattle in Washington state. And he was explaining that um, Arabs love country music because of the harmonies. Uh, Arabic music doesn't have harmonies the way um, like country music and like does that like inspire you that it's not just Europeans or Americans that are listening to the genres that you play in that maybe one day you'll find yourself in Lebanon or Dubai performing does that blow your mind please 
<laughs> yeah, I I love that story. Um, and I love that you're doing that work. Thank you for doing that. Um, that's really incredible. And I'm sure we could talk for hours about that. It's moving. Um, I, to me, I feel like uh, art should be boundaryless. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, I've seen it firsthand in Europe and the UK, like playing in Germany for the first time in Berlin and having people that barely spoke English sing my song back to me was mind blowing. But to me that with your story and my personal experience, I think it shows that art shouldn't have boundaries. Um, and it also shows that on a grander scale, we all are connected. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen that during this pandemic, you know, whether you're in Lebanon or you're in Lebanon, Tennessee, mm -hmm. everybody has is, we're all human and we all share similar emotional states. We all share similar joys and pains and life experiences, um, even if the details are different. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really incredible. And I hope that someday I get to get over there. That would be amazing. And perform. And it, it's even going a step further that you can combine country music, Americana sounds with Arabic music. You wouldn't think that it's possible, but there is a Jordanian artist who created, he spent some time in Nashville and he created a song and he played it for me in Dubai last summer. And I was blown because it sounds so Arabic, but so country music at the same time. That's so cool. And it works. It, it, That's it so works. cool. Yeah. Because I well, think... Well, I know zero Arabic, so I would need to <laughs> learn <Yeah. laughs> some. That's really cool. I think that folk music, like music that comes from a country, whether it's Spanish flamenco or... Uh, American music sounds, when I think of American music, I think of like Civil War era um, fiddle kind of music. It, it, it will work with other music from other nations that are, you know, music that's indicative to their, their region, to their countries. It, it will work. Um, you mm -hmm. can tie in flamenco, I think, probably with country music in some weird yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so last question. What can fans expect from you this year? I know quarantine is messed up, changed, postponed a yeah. lot of things, but yeah, what can yeah. you from you? Um, I will continue to tour out of my living room. Okay. Uh until I can actually get on the road again. Um, but because we don't know how long that's gonna be. I'll continue to uh, put on live shows. So if people want to hang out, hear some live music with me and my dog, they can tune into those. Um, and then I also will be releasing new music off the second record uh, that we just released a song a couple of weeks ago. So um, music videos are to come, new music is to come. And um, yeah, I would say, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I'll just be spending a lot of time reaching out to people one-on-one -on -one and trying to stay connected until we can actually see each other in real life and uh, give people new music. So, yeah, yeah. It's, 
it's uh, weird times, but it's also exciting and I'll be continuing to create and um, hopefully give people something that they want to listen to. Yeah, I'm sure hopefully the end of the year will, I hope, bring back a little normalcy in terms of concerts and yeah, that we can see our artists next year touring again. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm sending all of the virtual love. Yeah. And that's awesome. Thank God we have like Zoom and Skype and yeah. technology because if this had have happened a hundred years ago, we would be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. There are things to be grateful for, for sure. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for thank your time. Thank you. And I love your living room. Like you've got the guitars and the records and the good stage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I wish you all the best and I hope that your career just goes up and up and up. Thank you. Stay safe. And thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Of course. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast conversation and that it fed you in some way to pursue your own dreams. Be sure to subscribe to Zayla Mag at ZaylaMag.com, S-E-E-L-E-M-A-G.com, where you'll be automatically entered to win our giveaways and follow us on Instagram at Zela Magazine, S E E L E Magazine. Till next time.